Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. I think this episode is the perfect way to start off the new year because we have a special guest. Today, I'm interviewing Felici Delem, who is a researcher at the Bimini Biological Field Station. She studies the personalities of lemon sharks, which is just so cool. So get your scuba gear ready, because we're heading to the coastal waters to talk about lemon sharks. Lemon sharks can be found in both the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean, and they like to live in more shallow waters near coral reefs and mangrove forests. Mangrove forests are waters that have aquatic shrubs called mangroves in them. You may be wondering why they're named lemon sharks, and it's because of their yellow coloration. This yellow coloration acts as camouflage in the shallow waters against the sand. But they don't need the camouflage to hide from predators as not many things are trying to eat them. They use this camouflage so that their prey can't see them coming. They also like to live in groups of around 20, tending to group with individuals that are similar in size to them. Adult lemon sharks can get huge, growing to be around 10 feet long and weighing over 500 pounds. I don't think many ocean creatures want to mess with one of these guys. They can also live for around 30 years, with the oldest recorded lemon shark living to be 37 years old. And as I talked about in the white shark episode, sharks have been on Earth for over 400 million years, which puts them in the same time as when the first trees appeared on Earth. Lemon sharks are carnivores, and they eat many different sea creatures, including crabs, other fish, and rays. And they have really good vision and can see clearly under the water but they're also able to use electrical signals to sense their prey. And we're going to talk more about this in my interview with Felici. Lemon sharks don't reproduce until they're about 12 years old. And female lemon sharks are actually polyandrous, which means that they'll mate with more than one male. And they give birth to live young, so they don't lay eggs like many fish do. The mothers give birth in the shallow mangrove forests, and the pups live in the nursery for multiple years. Unlike the adults, young lemon sharks are susceptible to a lot of different predators, so staying near the nursery is key to their survival. Lemon sharks also have some other relationships not involving their own species. They have a mutualistic relationship with another fish called a remora fish. A mutualistic relationship is one where both species benefits. Remora fish have a suction cup on their head, and that helps them stick to the sharks while they're swimming through the water. In return for a free ride around the ocean, remora fish perform an important favor for lemon sharks. Lemon sharks will lay down on the ocean floor with their mouths wide open, and the remora fish will hang out inside their mouths and eat anything off the teeth of the shark. 
so the remora fish get a free meal while the lemon shark gets a free dental cleaning. Sometimes the lemon sharks do get a little hungry though and they end up eating the remora fish. Okay, we're going to take a break and when we get back, I'm talking with Felice Delem about her research with juvenile lemon sharks and their personalities. So make sure you stick around. Time for a trivia question. How many species of insects are there currently in the world? A, 1,000, B, 10,000, C, 100,000, or D, 1 million? The answer is D. There are over 1 million different insect species in the world. Okay, we're back. Here's my interview with Felici. Hey, Felici, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about lemon sharks with you. Yeah, that's my pleasure. Um, so before we get into lemon sharks, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, of course. My name is Felicie Delem. I am a behavioral ecologist. And what that means is that I'm interested in what animals do, why they do it, and what happens once they've done it uh, in their environment. And as you've mentioned, I study lemon sharks in the Bahamas. Awesome. Uh, And you are a project leader at uh, the Save Our Seas Foundation, and you also do some research at the Bimini Biological Field Station. Could you just talk about these two organizations and, and what you do there? Yeah, of course. So I am one of the project leaders at the Save Our Seas Foundation and the Bimini Biological Field Station. The field station is, as its name says, it is a field station. And what we're doing out there is shark research, shark conservation. And uh, the field station is trying to educate the future uh, shark scientists. So we receive a lot of students and we teach them about shark research. And hopefully they become shark researchers themselves. And because shark research is very expensive, uh, the Save Our Seas Foundation, which is a philanthropist organization, is funding us to do our research and funds shark projects, shark and reef projects all around the world. That's so cool. Um, and uh, I'm, you guys are doing such awesome work. And so do you guys actually have sharks on the premises? Yeah, at the Bimini Biological Field Station, we'll be keeping a couple of lemon sharks and a couple of nurse sharks um, in captive enclosures right next to our station, directly on the beach. So we can show people, show visitors uh, what lemon sharks look like, what they what they do, etc. And then, of course, we don't keep them in captivity for too long. We release them very, very often in the wild so they can live there little shark lives but yeah we always have sharks on the premises that's so great um so like more specifically about your research you're you're currently doing research on the behavior of uh juvenile lemon sharks so do the sharks have their own personalities yeah, that has been one of my main focus. I study shark personality, and what we have found out is that, indeed, sharks have their own personalities. Wow. And what this means is that, for example, there will be sharks that are consistently more adventurous than others. There are some that are really, really cautious, and they always stay really, really cautious. And you have your little bold ones out there who are always taking a bit more risks than their <laughs> than their friends. That's so interesting. And and. How do their personalities impact their survival in the wild? 
That's a very good question, and that's actually one of uh, one of the most important questions with animal personality. And what we found out is that personality not only influences survival, but also influences the growth of the sharks. So you have to know that I work with juveniles, and they still have a lot of growing to do before they become big and strong. And the most adventurous sharks are always the ones that grow the fastest, but they're also more likely to die. Really? Uh, and that, that's probably because they, they take so much risk to acquire so much resources to grow as fast as possible that they're not as vigilant and they're more likely to encounter predators. And in the case of uh, juvenile lemon sharks, a predator is just a bigger shark. There's always <laughs> a bigger shark and uh-huh. uh, they're more likely to be eaten. That's that's really such interesting research that you're doing. Um, I don't think anybody would have thought that they have their own personalities. So what's something that you found in your research that you find that's really interesting and some, something a lot of people may not know about lemon sharks? So what's very interesting is that I've just described to you how more adventurous sharks are more likely to die. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, we found out that it's not always the case. And in the same way, like if you were a very outgoing person, but suddenly you were in danger, you would probably stop being outgoing. Like if, uh-huh. if you were, if you were, I don't know, threatened by someone, you probably wouldn't be as outgoing. Well, sharks do the same thing. So they're, they're able to adjust their personality according to how much risk they're in. When there is a lot of predators around, the outgoing sharks will stop being outgoing. There's, there's a trigger. There's something that happens that says, okay, that's it. We're no longer taking risks <laughs> and they no longer take risks. And I think that's really cool because no one has actually found that in animal personality before in any animals. And I didn't expect that sharks had such a complex personality that they were able to kind of, you know, adjust to to what the conditions are like. I thought they were going to be way more simple, but they're actually very complicated beings. Yeah, absolutely. And they kind of like are learning from their mistakes almost, which you, you don't really think about a shark doing that, right? Yeah, that's right. So they, they kind of, they pro yeah, exactly as you say, they probably just encounter predators. And after a few times, they're like, okay, there's quite a lot of them right here. So <laughs> I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing. Uh, which is really, really cool. That is really cool. Um, So we know that uh, lemon sharks are predators and I've, I've read that they can pick up on electrical signals that other animals get, give off. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is actually a trait that I think every shark has, uh, every shark has, Uh Um, they have these organ that's on their nose mostly. Those are called ampullae of Lorenzini, and they look like they look like little little dots. They look like little blackheads on the on the nose of the shark. And those ampullae of Lorenzini are filled with gel, and they're an organ that allows them to pick up electrical signal, as you say. And now, do you know what really emits a lot of electrical signals? I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not your cell phone, although your cell phone does it. Uh, uh-huh. Every time a muscle is activated, it is activated by electrical signals. So if you move, you will be giving off an electrical signal. And now, even if you don't move, you have one muscle that is constantly working until you die, and that's your heart. 
So sharks are actually listening or sensing hearts of other animals and are able to find them thanks to those ampullae of Lorenzini. Wow, that's that's really amazing. And I'm assuming that that's like their main sense. They don't really need to use their eyesight or other senses as much as that electrical signals when they're hunting for prey? So this electrical signal sense is actually pretty short-ranged. And I think, um, you know, sharks can't actually see their mouth. So that's their way of being very precise, I think, when they hunt. Some sharks are much more visual than others. For example, the great hammerhead sharks have has extremely good vision. Really? And the bull shark doesn't. Um, but for sure, they all rely very much on these electrical signals. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. Um, so do they have any other interesting adaptations that help them with finding prey or just surviving in the wild? Um, are you talking about lemon sharks or sharks in general? Um, either one. If you want to have information about lemon sharks or just sharks in general is totally fine too. So I have something cool to say about lemon sharks, actually. So I'm just yeah. going to go with that. Absolutely. Have you heard that if sharks stop swimming, they'll die? I've heard that, yes. Right. So, and, and that is true for many, many sharks. And there's a few reasons for that. The first one is that um, sharks need oxygen to go through their gills. So the water goes inside their mouth and out through the gills that are on the side of their body. And that's what provides them with oxygen. And if water is not coming inside their mouth, then they're not getting any oxygen and then they die. Uh The other reason is because sharks are not buoyant. And what that means is that if they're not swimming, they'll just sink to the bottom. So if they're they're in certain places, they might sink to 11 kilometers down and that's not exactly healthy. (laughs) No. Um, Now, lemon sharks have a couple of of adaptations that actually allows them to stop swimming. Um, And the first one is that they are able to buccal pump. What that means is that they know how to gulp air by, uh, gulp water, sorry, by themselves. And so they don't have to be swimming in order to get the oxygen that they they need. They also have, I don't know if you, I guess if you think about a shark body as a cylinder, they will have fins below their body, right? Those Uh are called the pelvic fins. Uh, and then they have an anal fin as well. Well, the lemon shark is not so much like a cylinder. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit flattened. And the pelvic fins are not exactly pointing down. They're mostly pointing to the side. And what that allows them to do is to just put themselves on the ground and not roll onto their side. They're actually very stable if they're on the ground. So what they do is they don't live in very deep water, they go to the bottom of the ocean and they just take a snooze. They just <laughs> chill there. Um, and that allows them to stop swimming and just take their oxygen the way they want it. Wow. That's that's a really amazing adaptation that like mostly other sharks don't have, which is really interesting. Yeah. The, yeah. Some sharks definitely can't do that. How are lemon sharks important to the ecosystems that they live in? Well... And what I'm going to say is uh, valid for most shark species. They're they're what's called keystone species because they are usually pretty high on the food chain. They're very big predators. When they grow big, a lemon shark will be three meters. There's not a lot that could eat a lemon shark once it's adult. Mm -hmm. 
And so those species are actually regulating every single link of the food chain under them. If you, if you imagine that lemon sharks eat fishes and then that those fishes are eating seaweed, for example, if you remove the lemon shark, no one's eating the fishes anymore. And if there's too much fishes, all of the vegetation disappears. That would be like a, an example. That's what we call a trophic cas cascade. And they kind of are at the keystone of those things. Wow. So they're really important to basically keeping everything stable and intact. Yeah, they're, they're, they're keeping everything in balance. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so lemon sharks are close to being a threatened species. Um, so what, what are the biggest problems that they're currently facing? For lemon shrike, the biggest problem is the disappearance of their nurseries. So lemon shrike give birth in the mangroves, and the mangroves are a super important habitat for the little babies. That's where they find protection, and that's where they find food. Um, and mangroves are really, really slow at growing. So whenever a mangrove forest is being destroyed, that mangrove forest is going to be gone for years and years and years. Unfortunately, a lot of lemon sharks have what we call natal philopatry. So that means that a female um, will go and give birth where she's born to her babies. So if she was born in a mangrove and that mangrove has been removed, when she comes back and there's no mangrove, we don't actually know what she's going to do. Is she going to find the nearest mangrove? Is she not going to find anywhere? Is she just going to put her little babies there, even though there's no mangrove? Uh, we don't actually know that. And that's super super bad because lemon sharks take yes maybe 14 years to reach sexual maturity so when a baby is born it is 14 years before it can actually reproduce so oh, wow. it's very important that those babies have very very good conditions to grow in and if the mangrove is, is gone they can't do it yeah that's and mangroves are really important for a lot of different species and even us because they help they can help protect us from uh, waves at the, coming in that are too strong, right? And can you talk about like what some issues that are causing these mangroves to to disappear? So unfortunately, the problem is mostly us humans, uh, and the problems that I know the most about is about the building of resorts and hotels on particularly beautiful places like the Bahamas, where Hotels need to be built and they need to have an access for boats to arrive. So you can't have mangroves everywhere because then boats can't come. Also, when there's mangroves, there's mosquitoes and tourists don't like that. So in a lot of cases, the mangroves will be taken away because of tourism. Yeah, which is which is a real big problem. Yeah, that's that's really sad. Um, and is is there anything that we can do as average people in order to help lemon sharks and their habitats? Yeah, I think it's very important to be very mindful of where we're going on holidays. And I know that right now no one's traveling very much, but uh -huh. probably we'll all be traveling again at some point. And there's some uh, hotel companies that are more mindful, or if you want to go for ecotourism in places that include the natural world inside uh, the place where you're staying is, is actually really, really important. The other thing that's super important is to actually spread the word that sharks are not these mindless killers and they're 
they're actually very important and they're very complicated, complex beings, really. So um, I think those are the two main things. We need people to love sharks and we need people to be more <laughs> mindful of the places where they, where they stay. Yeah. I, I, sharks definitely get a bad rap and they don't deserve it <laughs> because they're no, really important. Yeah, no, they really don't. They, there's rarely any problems with sharks. They're actually really, really shy animals in most uh -huh. cases. It's, they're fantastic. I hope people will end up liking them. Yeah, me too. They're really amazing animals. Um, so before you go, can you just tell us where we can find um, information about Save Our Seas Foundation and the Bimini Biological Field Station? Yeah, so you can find information about the Bimini Biological Field Station on biminisharklab.com. So that's written B-I-M-I-N-I -I and then shark and then lab.com. Um, and as for the Save Our Seas Foundation, it is saveourseas.com. So if you're a young person motivated about science, visit the biminisharklab.com to find out where you can do an internship and when uh, to try to learn about shark research. And if you are a young shark enthusiast and you are looking for funding for your ideas, saveourseas.com is where you're supposed to go. And they'll probably provide you with some funding to do your own research, which is awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for coming on. I, I learned so much and I know our viewers are going to love this interview. So thank you. My pleasure. Felici is doing some really cool work, and I learned so much from that interview. Who knew that sharks could have their own personalities? It really makes you wonder about everything we don't know about the animal kingdom yet. If you enjoyed that interview and have a newfound love for lemon sharks like I do, you should absolutely check out the Bimini Biological Field Station and the Save Our Seas Foundation. There are also some other great organizations to check out that help lemon sharks, such as Marine Bioconservation Society and Oceana. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of the lemon shark. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at www.onwildlife.org. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday to learn about a new animal. And that's On Wildlife. Listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray, brought to you every Wednesday.